Respect the process is back in a. Um, respect the couch. Respect the couch. It was like I blinked and they just. It got moved from the lobby. We're running people off. Well, and I told Bad you we got business. a different location. I was like, they moved us to the parking lot. Yeah. No. I've been. I've had that happen before. I have too. And yeah. so, but usually it's like. Every time I would walk up to a job I was doing and my key card wouldn't work, I'm like, that's it. They, mm -hmm. That's how they fired me is they that's just right. cut off my key card. And Could be am. worse. I'm sorry. Okay, but speaking of uh, jobs, you went back to uh, one that we're familiar with, with basketball starting this I did. I didn't know. Where, it took me You're a minute. Like, I didn't know where you were going. No, yeah, back in... Uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, <laughs> really entertaining team. I think when we found out when Grant Nelson went down the lane and threw home a dunk that nobody saw coming, yeah. including the guy guarding him, right. uh, we were like, oh, okay, this is different. This is good. This is really good. Uh, look, it's a different team in many ways from last year. Yeah. You know, Brandon Miller, not only the number two draft pick, but maybe the guy that's going to have a chance at Rookie of the Year mm -hmm. in the league off to a great start. Um, but it's going to be a really talented, fun team offensively. They got to figure it out on defense. That group last year was able to really do some things well on the defensive end, lock mm -hmm. you down when they had to get a stop. It helps when you got a seven footer in Charles Bediaco down there. That does. Nelson six eleven, athletic, not bad around the rim, but he's not that guy. Mm -hmm. um, they will look a little different. They're going to have to defend before it gets to the rim. Yeah, better. Well, even I heard Bruce Pearl saying last night that we're going to have to learn to defend without fouling. And I think yeah. that's, it, it sounds easy, but, you know, you got to keep right. yourself out of foul trouble. And they play it. Auburn, obviously, plays at such an aggressive pace and athletic, strong. Um, despite the loss, that's a good-looking team. Mm -hmm. and I thought they they got a lot of good stuff out of their openers. It's going to be a fun year in the state, again, for basketball. But from Bama's perspective specifically, it was nice to see them come out and play that well. They had 49 points with six minutes to go in the first half. I mean, it was ridiculous what they were doing. The pace slowed a little before mm -hmm. the intermission. And that can be dangerous for them. In the exhibition game at Wake Forest, yeah. they were up 19 in the first half, lost by 13. Now, they wow. didn't play everybody. Neither did Wake Forest. Right. But this team has the capability of just going off mm -hmm. offensively. What they've got to learn to do, and I think they will, is to make sure that the other side doesn't do that yeah. with their offense as well. If they get that figured out, this could be another championship season. I'm looking forward to it. we got Me Indiana too. State coming up on uh, Friday. I do want to address the half-court shot. <laughs> yeah. Kid made mm -hmm. the half-court shot yeah. and got a $200 gift card. Yeah, that's been a conversation piece for a while, that the, uh, the half-court shot um, does not have the biggest – financial purse attached right. to it. But the best part of the whole deal, and I've forgotten the I've forgotten the specifics. So I'm not even gonna name the barbecue companies right. that were involved. Because okay. I can't remember. Okay. But the kid wins a two hundred dollar gift card for mm -hmm. making a half court shot from a uh, a barbecue establishment. Mm -hmm. What makes that so good is the fact that his, I think, father, grandfather was the, the original CEO of a rival barbecue company. Oh, my gosh. You can't plan that. So it's, it, was the, it was the barbecue equivalent of 
you know, Coke and Pepsi. You're you're the you're the grandson of uh, Jimmy Lee at Pepsi, yeah. and you won a contest where you get a your supply Coke. So yeah, it that was, was uh, that would be a that'd be a tough. I one. just uh, that was I was like two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's it. We gotta we gotta pass a hat around because that's that's yeah. an impressive. He, he got one shot. He he, he got. Uh, no, may have got more. I think it was a deal where you had to make layup, free throw, okay, okay. three, yeah. and then half okay, court gotcha, shot. Gotcha. You may have thirty seconds right, okay, for that. Okay. Regardless, That's pretty still nice. Impressive. Pretty nice. Okay, well, we did also play a football game last weekend. I heard it was heard it was yeah, fun. Too. It was a fun one, and the game is always big for us. But according to CBS, now it was also the biggest game yeah. nationally because all eyes are on Alabama at this point. Yeah. Peak viewership, I think, was at nine million or over nine million at one point. In that, the average, I think, was at eight. Beyond, it was a it was an impressive number. And, and here's, I'll take shots for this, and that's fine. Oh, you're the Alabama guy, so that's why you you it's say okay. this. Do you, but you it's remember the, the show's name? I, I do. Okay. I do. Yeah, okay. I remember. As much as I re- appreciate and respect the check that I get here, I yep. know where my main one yes, comes right. from. Okay. Yes, so yes, I, yes, 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 Go ahead. I'm not uh, a neutral party. Right. I know. Alabama guy. No. That's why we hired you. That being said, and appreciate okay. that. That being said, Alabama, uh, or I should say, most teams are judged against Alabama. Alabama is judged against who Alabama's been. Mm-hmm. So this team is, is not getting as much respect as they might ordinarily, they looked bad early. Yeah. There's no denying yeah. that. They, they did not look good early. The loss to Texas, the way they lost it, didn't look good against South Florida despite a win. Got better from each week since that time. Mm-hmm. But they're judged on the Bama scale, not in comparison to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of why they haven't moved up. Now, this is the first week, and I don't want to jump the gun on what you're planning to get to, but this is the first week that I've had a legit argument with the ranking. Yep. The first, and I know you're going, well, it's the first week they've actually had the poll, but my, my point is the other rankings, I haven't had a problem with Alabama being lower. You certainly can make the argument with the eye test. Oregon has been very impressive, and they have been. Their only loss to a very good Washington team on the road, tight ball game, <clears throat> maybe a strategy situation that costs them that ball game, mm-hmm. or they're sitting there undefeated, and it's Washington with one loss. That being said, I think the overall resume, if you strip the names off of them, Alabama has a better resume. Who Bama has beaten yeah. to date is more impressive overall than who Oregon has beaten. That all being said... Um, Oregon's loss was at the on the road at number six or higher than that at the time they played them. The yeah, the Oregon loss was there. Alabama's loss was at home mm-hmm. to a Texas team that was not as highly ranked at the time they right. faced them. So I get that, but we've had more of a body of work now. Yeah, I could also see where in two weeks Oregon has a much better resume. Simply because, and I don't know who they play. Yeah. Point being, the teams that Alabama has faced could lose. Oregon, I mean, Ole Miss gets popped by Georgia pretty badly. Maybe. That that win doesn't look as good, maybe, 
in the eye of the voters. I don't know. I don't know how they're. I don't know what criteria they're going. Well, off that's what of. I want. So we'll go ahead. But and it's talk. also why I don't get upset. There are yeah. a lot of people. You know, we're, we're discussing it because that's what we're doing on this format. But I was doing a radio interview earlier today and got hit with that, and I said, you know. Quite frankly, it doesn't matter right now. Right. It just doesn't. I don't get upset. I understand you got to have a starting point. You right. got to have a base. Yep. But it it doesn't bother me one way or the other that Alabama's where they are because it's going to sort itself out. Well, and we'll go ahead. Let's go ahead and we'll talk about the, the okay. college football playoff. The, the second week it's come out, Alabama sits at number eight. Um, you know, in front of them you have Texas, then Oregon at six, Washington five, and then the top four remain the same. There is some yeah. argument that maybe Georgia should have gone up to one. What do you make of, because so much of what we talk about when we talk about these is at that time. When Ohio State beat Notre Dame at that time. Mm-hmm. Does the committee hold the at that time game a little too high? Or do they need to look at where the team is settled at now? Because, you know, if you were to look at Texas beating Alabama at the beginning of the season, you'd be like, well, that's not a very good Alabama team. Yeah, Texas beat and granted, Alabama has improved each week. I don't know. I'm just curious about the at that time. The game. only loss to te- the only loss for Texas was to in a great ball game. Yeah. Against an Oklahoma team that was playing really well at the time. Yeah, they've lost two since then, but at the time, at the time, as you said, they were they were playing really well. Look, I'm not losing sleep over Oregon being two spots ahead of Alabama today. Um. Would I prefer Bama's ahead? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's kind of odd. Bama's had wins the last two weeks over really good Tennessee and LSU teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the time, uh-huh. they played them I, that's, two I, highly yeah. respected, highly respected teams, uh, and beat them impressively in both games. And I think it, those are teams that no one is going <laughs> to take away at the end of the season and look back and say those weren't very good teams. No, I agree. But it, it's interesting. Alabama might possibly get more credit from a ranking standpoint this week if they beat Kentucky on the road by 17 or more yeah. than beating Tennessee and, and uh, LSU by double digits as they have the last couple of weeks. I, don't, I can't tell you exactly why. Maybe it will be a thing where there's an, another hiccup or two by, by teams ahead of Alabama or maybe – they look at it as, well, it's easy to get up at home for Tennessee and yeah. LSU, but now you've got on the road and it would have been easy to have a letdown, but you didn't. However you want to phrase it, whatever, what, however they decide to look at it. Yeah. I think a win over Kentucky, when you, if you play well, would resonate pretty impressively. Well, and again, three weeks left in the regular season, too, so a lot is still going to shake out. There yeah. will be an upset. There, just, there will be an upset sure. at some point. Um, and so, You're just it, hopeful from Bama's perspective it ain't this week. It is. And, you know, again, for Alabama, you, you wish to control your own destiny, and you're, that's the only thing you can do is keep going out and keep winning ballgames at this point. Right. Um, and looking back at the game this past weekend, Jalen Milrow went toe-to-toe <laughs> with who is to be considered the leading candidate for the Heisman Trophy right now. Yeah. Obviously, he played his best ball game. This team is getting back to what we refer to as the Bama standard. Yeah. When you were talking about they are graded against the teams of the past or what is considered to be 
what Alabama should be. And more specifically, we we talked about this too. Jalen's being judged against the quarterbacks, the last four starters mm-hmm. at Alabama, who are all starters in the National Football League. There's no such thing as training wheels no, at Alabama. Not right now, especially. Yeah. But each of those four guys is looked at and valued differently. Yeah, Bryce Young did it quick. Bryce was Bryce was a star, won the Heisman in his sophomore year, his first year as a starter. Probably as good the next year when he was healthy. Mm-hmm. But as you said, did not have the supporting didn't cast. Didn't have the supporting yeah. cast. Didn't and when you win a Heisman, you've got to be even better than you were before to win it again mm-hmm. because they start picking you apart. There's right. only been one repeat Heisman guy, as you know, and so that's that's part of why it's so tough to win it a second time. They just they judge you differently. Mm-hmm. But Bryce was a Bryce was a Heisman winner his first year to start. Jalen Hurts wasn't the starter his freshman year until right. after the USC game. Mm-hmm. Um, he still, despite twenty six and two, lost the starting job. Yeah. <laughs> Had to go somewhere else uh-huh. to be a starter again. Tua was not the starter no. at the beginning of his career because Jalen was ahead of him. Um, and then you got Mac Jones, who, by the way, was a senior before right. he finally yeah. became a starter. So all of a sudden, everybody's expecting Jalen Milrow to just be, poof, day one, you're the guy. Right. Because the guys in front of you, the guys that have held that position have all been immediately mm-hmm. the starter. But they haven't all immediately been the starter. Yeah. Even Jalen, excuse me, even uh, Bryce had to wait on mm-hmm. Mac Jones. Everybody thought he would win the job over Mac. Yeah. But Mac wanted as a senior, became Patriots starting quarterback for a while. So it's uh, it's been really fun for me to see him develop and have the success that he's had. Because I like the kid, he's a really he's a really good young man. I think um, bounce back from the disappointment of losing the mm-hmm. starting job, albeit briefly, managed it well yep. in the locker room, and just as importantly, in terms of how he dealt with Coach Saban afterwards, it's his team now. And Tommy Reese is learning how to call plays for him, just as he's learned how to be the guy in that spot. Well, and it it, it sounds. It's like I'm stating the obvious here, but as Milrow has become more comfortable on the field, the offense is now able to become sure. more dynamic because no now they're going to have to stack the box because you don't know if he's going to take off, and at that point now, you're going to have guys open. You're also getting more guys, I think, contributing. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Bond right. is becoming more and more of a threat. Um, they respect Jalen's ability to run the football mm-hmm. so well and punish you if you decide to get in his way. Yeah. Um, the running backs are getting better. Uh, you've got three that you feel like you can count on. And look, Jalen's a running back. I mean, he's quarterback, but he runs it as well as any running back in the nation, including the ones in his backfield. So he's um, he's dangerous in mul- multiple ways. So when you've got Four guys that can run it in really a fifth. We just haven't, we hadn't seen a lot of the fifth, but you got four guys, kind of the quarterback that can run it. You've got a growing list of receivers. Um, 
that are getting better. Your defense has remained solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and despite <gasps> two misses this is by, uh, by Will, you got You had to say it, didn't you? you? Like, I great. Did. Okay. I did. Got it out of the way. Got it out of the system. Made, missed two kicks in a game where you didn't need them. That's, that's really good planning yeah. on his part. Go ahead and get that. But, get that off your back. But still, they're, this team's playing its best football right now, which they needed to do right. with who they were playing. They've gotten physically and mentally three games that they've got to get through, certainly the Iron Bowl being one of them. And if you take care of business, you're going to have a, a game in Atlanta that's going to determine whether or not you're in the college football playoff or you're in just, mm-hmm. just a nice bowl game. Right. Well, are they, because we, we watched them after the game Saturday, they seem to now be playing with the kind of confidence that they believe they will, to, yeah. they believe they deserve a shot at the top four. Yeah. And, and look, they played their way into that. There was, it would have been foolish to declare that this was a Rebuilding college year. football playoff <laughs> team when they're, they barely escaped South Florida. Right. Okay. You you just had to go to work at that point, and they did. Mm-hmm. You they they didn't just escape; they played well and beat Ole Miss. Um, glad we don't have to play them again. Mm-hmm. Won't play them again, and I'm you know I'm glad that's the case. Um, they they were ready and handled business impressively in the second half against Tennessee and out of the gate against LSU. Even though the the lapse at the end of the first half defensively was uncharacteristic, but they. You know, made incredible adjustments at halftime in numerous games this year. The only one they haven't played better in the second half is the Arkansas game. Mm-hmm. So they've got, um, I think they're in a great spot, not just in terms of where they are in the standings, but just who they are as a football yeah. team and their ability to be very much not just in the mix, but to do something with it when we get down the home stretch. I love that we're, you know, 10, 15 minutes into this, and we haven't mentioned the defense yet because yeah. I remember Saturday night we were finished in the third quarter, getting ready to start the fourth, and I looked at my husband and I was like, the defense is going to have to do something. It's like mm-hmm. tennis where you have to hold serve. Right. The defense is going to have to do something sure. to put this game away. And sure enough, they delivered right. right there in the fourth. And at that point, you're like, game's over. Yeah, it, it was great. Um that LSU offense is as good as advertised. Absolutely. And the fact that <laughs> their quarterback would be as good as he was, and yet instead of Jaden Daniels, it's Jalen Milrow mm-hmm. that was the SEC Offensive Player of the Week. Yeah. That was incredible to see. Um, deserving, fantastic, but man, Jaden Daniels created some problems, and then some. And Glad Alabama found a way to, to get him on the ground as they did. Uh, you don't want to see anybody hurt, but you know, been asked the question numerous times and definitely didn't think Dallas Turner's hit was a dirty hit. Was yeah. it a tough hit? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I will also say, and look, I know I'm not, um, I'm not able to give a neutral comment on Alabama players or Alabama team. I'm a broadcaster for Alabama who's been a fan of the Tide since I was born. So, you know, I, I, I own that. 
But I will say, in all sincerity, I don't know how you defend a guy like Jaden Daniels without the risk of something like that happening. Yeah. You have to be at yeah. full speed. You have to go at him right. full bore. It is impossible to pull up um, angles, all that stuff. You know, he is tough to get to. Period. Right. And then in a millisecond, you're supposed to go, okay, uh, well maybe I don't need to hit him as hard, or maybe, you know, I didn't think it was crown of the helmet. No, I, agree. They, they, I agree. They get a chance to look at it plenty of times, and and people who are. Uh, unbiased can look at that and they determine that it wasn't uh, helmet to helmet that it was just a tough hit but has the SEC said, said anything I know obviously Coach Kelly committed, I submitted it over the over the weekend I just didn't know if the SEC had come out and if if you're all, and I get it if it was flipped we're going to see that differently just as Alabama you know fans are still mad Alabama I saw it posted this weekend you know don't talk. The the quote was somewhere along the lines of "Don't talk to me about whether this uh, should have been targeting or an ejection." And then they showed the hits that were on Bryce Young last year by Tennessee, yeah. and go, and this wasn't even called roughing. Yeah. There was nothing flagged on this. Right. Uh, nothing flagged on the kid from Arc uh, from uh, Tennessee who throws the forearm shiver. Oh yeah, yeah to yeah, the yeah. head of Roy Dale Williams. Yeah. You know. Those things happen. Sometimes they get missed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the guys in charge of making the determination don't see it the way we see it. Yeah. But we can't see it unfiltered. Just as I love Alabama, there are people that watch it that hate Alabama, oh. and there's no way they're going to give Bama Those the benefit thugs out of the there. Yeah, no, I get it. That, that, that's how they're going to see it. That's fine. That's what fan means. It's short for fanatic. Um, they are one direction. I am the other, and... You know, I try to be reasonable. I try to be logical. I understand that's not always going to be the case. I would not have been shocked. I, I will admit this. I would not have been shocked if that call had gone the other way. Yeah. But I didn't think that was an egregious error on the part of the officials to not call it beyond mm-hmm. what they did. Right. So, with all of the enthusiasm, with all of the passion, with everything that was going on with this game, the celebration afterwards, I know that you've told me all the things that Coach Saban does after the game uh, in terms of shaking every player's hand, talking to recruits, talking to the media. By the time he gets to you after a game like this, is he any different than after any other game? So I'll tell you one that... I just want to because is he even Steven? Uh, he's he's pretty much the same, but it, it's kind of a running Gosh. joke for those of us that do the... Yeah. The TV show, um, Coach. Normally, you know, we will have been waiting anywhere from forty-five minutes to an hour plus yep. after the final whistle in order to get him mm-hmm. to take the TV show. And we've all been up there waiting, which is fine. We get it. It's not a complaint. It's just reality. Yeah. But it never fails. At some point, Coach will say, "All right, guys, let's hurry up." You know, it's been a long day. Coach, we've been waiting on <laughs> yeah. Tell us about it, Coach. We've been waiting on you. Not that he's been killing time. But no. But it's just funny because he's in a hurry. Come on, let's hurry up. We'd have, we'd have loved to have been done yeah. by now. Let's wrap it up here, uh, folks. So uh, 
I, I made the statement to a group that was in the room, the handful of us. I said, all right, does he say, all right, guys, let's wrap it up before he sits down or after he sits down? Because we know he's going to say it mm-hmm. today. And somebody said, oh, I think he'll do it as we sit down, as he sits down. And another guy said, no way. He's going to, it's going to be before. So sure enough, Coach had barely cleared the doorway of the Crimson Tide okay. Production Studios. He goes, all right, guys, come on, let's wrap this up. I got it. It's been a long day, and it was, you know, 1130, whatever it was. But I was See like, money changing hands know, over we there. We looked at each other. Nobody laughed. Nope. But we all made eye contact. It was like, okay. That guy won. That guy won. I just, because I, I didn't know, <laughs> again, this is his job. It's it a, is. It's a it's business day. It. And so I and, understand. And he talked about that, not to, yeah. to give away much, but it was, go back and think about it, okay? I went to, um, I got an 18-year-old who's a freshman mm-hmm. down there, and Reese Davis was kind enough to get us backstage passes for game day. Very cool. I'd never been to game day yeah. before. Never had a desire to go, never mm-hmm. had interest, but I thought, you know, for Parker, it would be a, yeah. a cool thing, and even though he plays it cool, I thought he would enjoy it, and he did. But I'm going, okay, we got there about 7.30. Oh, my gosh. Coach was on the set at 9, 9.30. How did they get him on like and off that? the set? <laughs> Do they put him like Taylor Swift, like in a trash can and like? No, okay, there's I didn't think so, no. But. Where the? I'm trying to think. All right, so it was on the quad, right? And it was on the. If you were, if you were standing on the steps of Denny Chimes, mm-hmm. facing the Gorgas Library, okay, the stage was to your right. Yep. Okay. So the far side of mm-hmm. of. Of that quad. Because, yeah, I remember it was centered up in the back of the shot. Correct. The, Which will look fantastic. The, shot, yeah. the chimes were lined up in the stadium mm-hmm. in the background it was as beautiful. well. Yep. It, it looked terrific. Um, so the stage is right up against whatever that street is, and I can't remember what the, the road is. But the state troopers, you know, Brad Mike, bring him in the mm-hmm. in the trooper vehicle right there. And it's it's cordoned off for him to have a path to, think so. to walk there. And it's not a long walk, no. but he they put the mic on him uh, and get him up on stage. Is it timed like uh, yeah. down yeah, down the yeah, back? I would imagine. Much, pretty much. And then as soon as they finish with him, they were taking the mic off. I think they took a couple of pictures on stay on the set mm-hmm. with him and and then Get him out of there because it's an unbelievable. I mean, you've done. Oh, but you know, it's it. The, that is a that that is a scene all unto itself. That that is incredible to see, and it's why I really wanted to go. I wanted to have. I knew what was going on yeah. just from experience, but I really wanted to see with my own eyes some of what all of that oh, looked yeah. like. And it it really is amazing what all they do and producers and timing and and everything that's involved. Uh, to put that massive production mm-hmm. on week after week after week. Uh, a three-hour show, as you know far better than I. Which is just... Uh, massive undertaking, mm-hmm. even if you're doing it in a sanitary environment yeah. with the studio and, a control, and everything's, everything's controlled. Everything's controlled, yeah. Exactly. 
But when you put it out there and you throw in the elements of people, they had perfect weather, so that wasn't yeah. an issue. But then also, but you got to plan for it just in case. And they're going to kick a PAT, by the way. Like they're going to have, you know, they're going to bring somebody on to try and kick yeah. to win money. I mean, they have so many so elements much of stuff. that. But it, it's one of the most impressive things yeah. that ESPN mm. does, or it's done in, I think, in all of live television. Yeah. To to put that on, uh, but coach. You know, comes in, gets off there. But my original point sorry, was, please. no, that's fine. My original point was he's there, you know, 9 o'clock. Now, he's already been in the office probably since 7, mm-hmm. game day. Everything that's involved over the course of the day, recruits, uh, probably speaking to some more football alums or, or whoever. Whichever, whichever donor club, whichever. Six, yeah. yeah, 645, though. I know, by the way, his own team meetings. Mm-hmm. And then at 645, you kick it off. And so when he was talking about after the game, he just kind of took a deep breath. He goes, man, I don't think I've had. He said, I literally don't think I've had five minutes to myself since I got up. I mean, you think about things that you do in the course of a day. We get home from our regular job, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And we go, I just need to decompress. Yeah. For him, whoo, that's a lot to decompress. Well, okay. And Even if you win and it's gone great. Yeah. So as someone who literally controls down to the minute what he does on a daily basis, I mean, he is a regimented person. Right. He plans for everything. As you told, he had planned for the solar eclipse, that if that were to somehow affect the vision affect the vision or affect the game, they had a plan for that. Do you think he has written the script as to his exit? And the only reason I ask this is because his good friend, Bill Belichick, is struggling this year in the NFL. Yeah. Struggling mightily. Mm-hmm. And they are good friends, as right. we know. I just wonder if watching his friend like that and also with the level of control that he executes over everything he does, if in his mind he has written the ending to this. You know, because it's Alabama, there's the natural correlation with Coach Bryant for mm-hmm. him because that's yeah. the only peer that Coach Saban has yeah. in, the, in the game, in my opinion. Different time, different era. And I remember the, in reading books, but also the little bit from my childhood at the end of Coach Bryant's tenure, him him making the statement, and I think he made this one more in the early 70s um, than even at the end of his career, but he had said something along the lines of, people won't need to tell me when it's time to go. I'll know. And Because nobody loves Alabama more than I do, and I want what's best for Alabama, and if that's not me, then I'll know. Because I'll I, I don't see him hanging around like a Paterno <sighs> or a Bowden. I don't see him... Staying in the game till all he knows is numbers and right, are so hanging on too long. I, I agree. I agree completely. And by no means am I saying that we, I have any insider information. I just think that no. he has to have written. <clears throat> but but help. here's the thing: he was he turned what seventy two the other yeah. day. Seventy. I don't think he knows what he'd do if he wasn't. Well, and he said that before. Yeah. He I mean he literally said that last year. Yeah. You know what would I do? This is what I love and this is what I enjoy. Um, his health is good enough yeah. to still do that. Um, Coach Bryant was gone by the time, you know, Coach Bryant died at, what, 69? Um, Coach Saban, thank goodness, still in great health. Uh, you know, Coach Bowden was how old when he hung it up, though? 
He, was he 80? I think he I was in his 80s. He was close to 80. I, I don't say. think he was. But he, he was close. But he, I don't think he was 80. Maybe he was. We'll put our intern on That's right. That. Yeah. Fact check check that. for us. Yeah. Thank you. Check Thanks. that. Um, my point is, he's not all that far away from the number of those other guys you referenced. But, man, does he look different because, oh, thank question. God, he's in great health. Without question. Looks great, feels good, and still winning. And despite, to me, it's one of the things that has made it possible for him to stay at Alabama as long as he has. The guy always strikes me as somebody who needs a challenge. Mm-hmm. I've got to have a fresh challenge. Well, earlier in his career, that fresh challenge would come somewhere else. Because of how things have changed with the rules of the game, allowing the hurry up, no huddle, mm-hmm. uh, then what's happened with <clears throat> NIL and other things as well. He's had all of those challenges present themselves where he was. He didn't have to go somewhere else right. to look for a new, ch- new challenge. Alabama has tried to do everything possible. To not just stay relevant, but to stay ahead of the curve, yeah. and to to give him every opportunity to be among the best, whatever that looks like, resource wise, yeah. what have you. And he's done it, and in the the challenges there, without it being an impossible hurdle to get over, yeah, to achieve and, and accomplish that challenge. So I. I don't know. Yeah. Am I going to be shocked if he hangs it up at the end of this year? No, but I would have felt the same way each of the last five right. years. Yeah. If he's doing this in 10 years, is it going to stun me? No. Well, but he's had an amazing ability to stay relevant with players. Oh, gosh, yeah. He talked about it last Thursday on, on McAfee's show where he was saying the difference when he got into coaching was coaches ruled by intimidation. Yeah. Now it's about relationships. Mm-hmm. It's about respect, mutual respect of you respecting the coach, right. coach respecting you. And I know one thing for players, like a big moment is when he starts calling you by your name, not sure. just your number anymore, because right. that means that you've kind of reached a level with him. But his ability to stay relevant and to stay, um, to be able to communicate well with 16, 17, to go out and recruit. Yeah. And as you, I think you've said that one on one as a recruiter, he is very. Charming, and also uh, Tim and I were talking about this earlier. I don't know that he gets credit for being funny. He is, and that's what we yeah. hear that, but no, one, none of us see yeah. it. Yeah, um, it's the reason he does McAfee's show. I'm sure it is. It's the reason he yeah. does McAfee's show is because it's not to, he, to appeal to it, his ability to stay in um, almost in, in the, front of yeah. In front of younger people, yeah, and to be in tune to care enough without changing who he is, mm-hmm. you know, adapting, but not selling out. For right, lack of that's, a, that's term. a great that's a great way to say it. Um, and finding that that middle ground, you know, Dabo Sweeney's a heck of a coach and a great man. Dabo is struggling to find that middle ground. Well, he was in the news recently. He's wasn't? younger. I've heard of him. <laughs> yeah. He's a younger guy. He's yeah. younger than Coach Saban. True. But he's a disciple of Coach Stallings, mm-hmm. who, by golly, wasn't it isn't going to change. Mm-hmm. That's who he is. It, it's why I've said for years different ways, obviously, to skin a cat, different ways to win championships. Bobby Bowden 
um, very different from Paul Bryant, very different from Nick Saban, but very successful, mm-hmm. ultra successful in his prime. And it was a lengthy prime that Bobby Bowden had. Um, they were, but they're very different, extremely yeah. different in the way they go about it. I think Dabo is an example of somebody who I'm going to hold to my principles, and that's fine, and you should. But if you hold on to something too tight, the way you do it, you can hold on to who you are without holding so rigidly to how you go about it. Well, and the older we get, I think we more the more we realize what really is important. Yeah. And some things you just let go. Right. Dabo's kind of, he's he's about our age, and I think he's still trying to figure out what to let go. For Saban, one thing I noticed is he now lets players talk. Yeah. Because remember there were times when you might not have a player that week that you're able to talk to before a game. He has realized... One of, some of the things that are important and some of the things he's, he's learned to let go. You win an argument, but you lose the person. Have mm-hmm. you really won? Yeah. And I think that's what Coach Saban has adapted to, and it's why he's still the best. Yeah. Because he doesn't change his beliefs. He doesn't change who he is. But how you get – he this was the, the example. He used to think that why was an insult. You know, he grew up in a generation <laughs> as I right. did. Yeah. You didn't question if it was told you to do this by an authority figure, you you went with it. Yep. It was gold, and you didn't dare question it. He goes, if you asked why, if you're a kid especially, you, your dad was probably going to pop you mm-hmm. for asking why. Um, I was guilty of that as a father. But he said, I've learned that why is not always disrespectful, insult, disrespectful yeah. or questioning authority. Right. It's, hey, I really want to learn. Mm-hmm. Help me to understand. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not going to do it. I'm not challenging your authority. Right. I just want to know so I can process things better. Yeah. So, you know, there, there are people that will not go with that. That's fine. But is your is your goal and objective to reach a kid, make them better, and help your team be as good as you want it to be? Or is your objective to be right? That's a good That's, point. Yeah. And you're going to get two different results based on what your answer is. Well, and, and getting back to this season, we, we look back to before the Ole Miss game. And Paul Feinbaum was leading the drum, beating the drum of this pivotal game. This may be a, a career-ending game. And then this week, you know, he sways with the breeze, saying this may be his finest year coaching and that this team is capable of winning a national championship. You and I, we've talked about it before. You and I both have I know. known Paul. For I know. Yes. I've known Paul since I was 14 years old. I respect mm-hmm. Paul, uh, but Paul is um, <laughs> Paul's an act mm-hmm. by and large. I'm not. I don't mean that disrespectfully no. towards him, but Paul Paul does masterfully mm-hmm. what Paul is hired to do. Yeah, and that's to draw eyeballs, mm-hmm. to draw ears, and to. Uh, move the needle, mm-hmm. and then the very next day, he has the inane ability of making the people that he's just worked into a frenzy forget that that's what his argument was mm-hmm. or not care, and they're going to turn around and argue with him mm-hmm. the very next day. Um, 
Paul's Paul's yeah. being Paul, mm-hmm. and that's that's great. Yeah. Paul's made a lot of money being Paul. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. No. But I'm not going to sit here and sweat what Paul says no. because. Again, However, I'm going to agree with him on one point that I do think this I is agree a great with Paul year coaching. On a lot of points. I think that he really has done it. Saban yeah. has done an, an incredible job coaching and shielding this team, as you said uh, earlier in the season, that when everybody's against Alabama, yeah. he's the first one to stand with him. And I really do think this team is probably a very tight-knit group because they really have had to battle to get where they are right now. Right, and he handled them. We talked about this. He handled them somewhat with kid gloves early because he knew it was a fragile team trying to figure it out. Yeah. Now he can coach them like he normally coaches yeah. them. You know, he talked about Mysterio say you need to get on their ass. Well, he's gotten on their ass. Yeah, he burst a blood but vessel. They can ha- that's right. Heard about that, his, yeah. About made his eyeball explode. Yeah. Um, that being said, he couldn't do that. No. no. In, in week one and two at the level we're mm-hmm. accustomed to. Yeah. But he knows now they can handle it and they need it and they know they can handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, there. Look, I don't know what'll happen this weekend, but I'll be surprised if they don't play well. I think it would be very difficult to play for four quarters at the level they did in their last ball game. Yeah. But I think they can. I think they're that much better than Kentucky. I think they can win this one comfortably. Well, last game they were on the road. That was Texas A&M was last game they were on the road, right? Bama? No, Mississippi State. That, my yeah, point in being, you're right. You're they've right. been home for a while. Yeah. They've, they've been home. They've been comfortable. And I'm doing it off trying to remember when I did play-by-play last, know, but it was Mississippi State. Yeah. So, uh, so headed to Kentucky, um, 11 o'clock kick. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that Kentucky's going to bring some chaos. This coach said on Monday during his press conference, this is an entirely different team mm-hmm. than what we've prepared for the past few weeks. And so, you know, they need to come out and they need to just take care of business, obviously, in sure. this one. But, you know, there are just a lot of different factors in what they've had the past couple of weeks now. Yeah, a lot of different things. And, again, get through this one. Yeah. Get through this one. Go heal up. Go enjoy your yeah. week against Chattanooga. Play well early if you're a frontline guy, so backups can get their opportunity. Final home game. Um, see the Exorcist go down to Auburn, uh, and then hopefully go into the SEC championship with one loss um, in a spot where you know if you win, you're going to be a participant in the yeah. college football playoff. Uh, you know, week nine. Overall, team is fairly healthy. Yeah. Bang, you know, a few bumps, a few bruises, but nothing that, you know, these last three games right. is critical that the, that we get this guy back. There's no doubt. And no doubt that there's certain guys you got to keep. Yeah. But that's why I say, you know, take care of business in this one. Go and put some guys after a quarter, hopefully next week, against Chattanooga and bubble wrap. Yeah. And... Don't hold a thing back against Auburn, regardless of where you are in relation to the SEC. And, you know, the hope is that when you walk off, what time does Georgia and Ole Miss kick? Is that a 2.30 or is that an 11 kick also? I can't remember. I don't either. Point is, you know you're not going to have a game starts any earlier than yours. And so hopefully when you walk off that field in Lexington, you know you're Western Division champions. It's wrapped up, sealed. You're there. 
And, and there will be scoreboard watching. We've reached the point uh, in the season where there is some fans, scoreboard watching. By fans, I learned a few years ago, Nick Saban ain't watching a scoreboard. Okay. Wow. Uh, really and truly, Dutton, there was a there was a, a game, and it's been, I was talking about this yesterday, I think, there, were, there was a game sometime in the last seven, eight years where if, um, I think Mississippi State was playing earlier, or maybe Bama was playing Mississippi State, and there was another game going on, and that game went the way Bama needed it to, mm-hmm. to clinch the division okay. before they ever played, kicked okay. off against yeah. Mississippi State. And I thought for sure, because it, it was known, word started, this was at Bryant-Denny, and word started to get around during pregame warm-ups that I guess Auburn had lost, Bama was a lock, or LSU, yeah. whoever it was, Bama was in the SEC championship game. It was done. We're doing the TV show afterwards with Coach and talking about something. And he goes, Auburn lost? He goes, Wow, so we were in Atlanta anyway. And he and I realized looking at him, he didn't yes. wink at wow. me, he wasn't yanking my chain. He was dead serious. He was so locked in on that game, he didn't know that a game that had already ended yeah. factored in. Same thing that two hundredth win that he didn't, didn't know about know a couple it. weeks ago. Yeah. Okay, so we've got you on the call this weekend, uh, with Alabama going to Kentucky with the eleven AM Central Time kickoff. Mm-hmm. Um, what about basketball? When, when's your next basketball call? Uh, Tuesday of next Tuesday? week, I think. We play mm-hmm. South Alabama. South Alabama, that's right. Yeah. You had that and Mercer um, coming up as well. Uh, our good friend, Jim Dunaway, will be doing the play-by-play for Alabama basketball wow. Friday night. Indiana State Sycamores. He's got the uh, the fighting Larry Birds. Yes. Yep. So great great that we'll have Jim on the call for that one. Fun. With Brian. Okay. And um, it'll be in great hands. and. Glad that we can keep a Montevallo guy on the play-by-play I mean, for Alabama just basketball. Make sure you get that on the seat there. And that That'll that's, be Falcon Hall of Fame seat. I know that's what it is. I know. It, it, I, I have to. I know you don't have a favorite. It's probably like children, where you're like, I don't have a favorite sport to call, but um, basketball is just. I mean, it radically more fast-paced and just a, a used to be. Used to be. Well, you know what? It didn't used to be. Okay. There were times, and again, not a shot, but. Anthony Grant era, there were, there was a not a, slower. there was a slower pace yeah. times during Avery's, but yeah. it's fast with with Nate Oates. However, football is so much more fast yeah, paced than it used yeah, to be. The, the hurry up, no yeah. huddle has changed that dramatically, and I think it does help me to call that better with the pace and tempo that basketball has. But I've yeah. done I've done basketball literally since I was eighteen years old. Yeah. I didn't do my first football game until the next year. And even though I've only missed maybe in all those years since 1989 when I did my first football game, I may have missed a total of five seasons, mm-hmm. somewhere mixed, yeah. interspersed. I may have missed five total seasons where I didn't do any games, even though I don't think that's that high. Still, because there's so fewer games, Yeah, you know, basketball, you get more reps. Yep. And... And more in um, frequency. You're going to you have do. two and three a week, too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's what I played in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, played peewee football, but didn't play beyond that. So it, basketball is what I'm more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I love calling a football game. You know, the, the opportunity to to um, call a game down the wire. And because it's Alabama. Yeah. It, it's different. Have it's you ever called special. hockey? 
Never have. I that's that for that, Eli. Gosh, that Leave that is for a, Eli. That is a fast pace. That's yeah, one that I'd it is. Now it. I grew up watching hockey, and I was a huge original Birmingham Bulls fan mm -hmm. when Gary Sanders was doing the radio. Wow. And Tom Roberts was his color guy. Tom on, Roberts uh, doing color for hockey. It was it was awesome back in the the mid seventies, before Eli took over mm -hmm. uh, for Gary. Um, I loved it. I loved yeah. you know when it was it was the equivalent of the NHL because mm -hmm. WHA oh, yeah. and NHL yep. merged. I'm not talking yeah. minor league. I'm talking about top level pro hockey. It's what I grew up going to in Birmingham in the in the uh, late 70s and it was really really cool but I've never done yeah. hockey and there was a couple of that I, I a couple of years where I thought I was going to get a chance maybe for um, the Alabama club yeah. hockey the, yeah the club team, team that and I've been to some of their games yeah. but never done that never done that I will never forget I was at a basketball game it was I think Auburn had come up to play a game as maybe around Christmas or something and they played the BJCC mm-hmm and I was sitting there, and I, I literally thought I was, like, coming down with the flu or something. I was like, I'm, I'm so cold. What is wrong with me? Oh, my gosh. And then I figured that they, I realized they just put the court over the ice. Yes, yeah, that's it. And I wasn't really coming down with the flu. I, I was, thought I just, there was something wrong with me. I was doing Birmingham Southern their first year of their brief Division One team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were playing Ronnie Arrow's Texas A&M Corpus Christi team. You remember Ronnie was a coach at South mm -hmm. Alabama. Uh, but he was at, he'd gone to Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and we played in the old Civic Center, mm -hmm. and it was the same type thing, you know, not plywood, but a thin yeah. plastic or something over the ice, but it was so thin, so bad, so old that I looked. I was like, no wonder it's cold. Your foot is literally on the ice, Chris, wearing loafers, mm -hmm. the the thin sole of the loafers, because there was a hole in the in what they put over the yeah. ice so my foot was literally scraping on a, a block of ice during that I was like, yeah that's not fun great seats but great seats be sure, and, be sure and bring a, a jacket or or two yeah i know okay well we will listen for you look for you we can always find you at chris stewart, stewart on, on chris to chris to us i know chris to us chris stewart online.com yeah. uh radio coverage Starts at 8 on Saturday. Roger will get it started for Alabama and Kentucky. And, you go up Friday? Uh, we're actually going up Thursday. Thursday? We go up early okay. and scout it out and looking forward to seeing everything. It's it's a great place to go. Yeah. It's kind of like Nashville in that um, good city, pretty area, especially yeah. this time of year. Uh, a lot to see as you take the drive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. But... Um, I'll have, I'll, I'll have the intro hit the cough button on that. Usually yeah. come out with a win yeah. as well. That's what makes it nice, kind of like Nashville. I know. Okay. Well, we can't leave without getting a good one, for, um, you know, from LSU carrying over into uh, Kentucky this weekend. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. For Chris Stewart, I'm Kelly Hunter. In our new set, maybe we'll see what, we'll see where they have us next week. It's, Broom it's, closet. We're giving everyone a tour of the building uh, <coughs> slowly as we uh, we make our way through. Because I'm getting malaria. Exactly. Okay. See y'all next week. Take care and respect the process.